Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, sis. Welcome back to Girl Goodnight. I'm Return of Lamac, and every Sunday you can relax to binaural beats while I read you a melanated bedtime story. Join the Girl Goodnight gang. You can find us on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. All links will be in the episode description. Complete the form linked in our bio to be featured on the show and share your thoughts and opinions in the Girl Goodnight Land Facebook group. Help your friends sleep in melanated peace. Girls, share the show and show us some love with the five-star rating and review. Our journals make the perfect addition to the show. View them and all of our merch on Etsy, link in description. Tonight, we'll be reading O, written by author Camille. To learn more about author Camille, check out the Blackberry series. All links to keep up with author Camille and shop her collection will be available in the episode description. His side of the story. Man, I'm telling you right now, I'm not trying to hear none of the bull about settling down and getting married. That's not me, dog. And I already hear the thoughts stomping around in your mind. He's a typical man. So, so what if I want to spend my life doing what I want to do? I don't have any kids. Why tie myself to a family in the headache of being constantly available for every damn thing? Women want too much. They want you to take them everywhere you go, shower them with gifts and compliments, pay attention to everything they say and like everything they like. The list just keeps going and it's exhausting because at the end of the day, men are only faking the funk and doing most of this stuff for sex. That's it. I said it. Threw my players card on the table like a big joker. Sex. That's all we want. Every man out there that's married just happened to get in the wrong bed and couldn't get out. He didn't want to stay. He got tricked. So be warned. If you plan on finding a happily ever after, he fell in love and they rode off into the sunset in this book, you need to find another read. Fellas, holla at your boy. I'm representing in this one. Ha, Lorenzo. Now, close your eyes. Take a deep breath. And sleep in melanated peace. Episode 26. Now, before we go to my family reunion, let me tell you, I don't want to hear shit. Not one damn thing. You won't see shit at my reunion that you haven't seen at your own. It's been my experience that all families have basically the same members. The matriarch and patriarch are at the head. 
Grandma held it all together with one hand while she held on to God's unchanging hand with the other, meaning while Papa was a rolling stone. So there will be some outside kids in this mix. There's the uncle who preaches. He's the know-it-all. You can't tell him shit. He's been everywhere and done everything. After all, he wasn't always saved and he doesn't mind reminiscing about it. The drunk-ass uncle. This nigga is always offering somebody a sip out of his bottle and drinking up everybody's beer. No matter what brand, he always claims not to like it. The cool-ass uncle who's always putting you up on pimp game. He drives a nice-ass car and doesn't mind tossing you the keys. He loves to brag about all of his exploits with women, and he can always give you advice on yours. He's also the one who has the most ex-wives. The cool-ass auntie. She's the one who took up for you the most as you were growing up. Saved you from a lot of ass whoopings, didn't she? She also warned you about all the little fast-ass females that you were sniffing around. She's the first one you tell when you get a female pregnant because you know that once you tell the rest of the family, she'll make sure they don't fuck you up too bad. There's the hardworking uncle. Everybody's always borrowing money from him, though he dresses and acts like he's broke. Trust, this is the man with the long paper. He's got a woman he's been with for years, and she's the one the family can't stand. The sanctified aunt. Now, this one gets on everybody's nerves worse than the preacher uncle, always quoting scriptures and telling everybody they're going to hell. But she's the best cook in the family, so everybody shuts the fuck up when she goes off. There's the soldier. This one is in and out. Sometimes he's there, sometimes he's not. But you best believe when he is home, everybody caters to him. The one who left home and moved to the big city. Sadidi-ass nigga who rents a car to come home and wants to pretend he's better than everybody else. This is usually the one who eats up everything, and although they claim they make plenty money, they don't seem to have any. The aunt who stayed close to home and takes care of grandma and grandpa, and the slow uncle or aunt. Somebody has to take them back and forth to the doctor's office and grocery store, and somebody has to take the slow one to pick up her meds. The slow one never left home. And we can't forget the cousins, the ex-convict, This one is more than likely sleeping on grandma's couch and is still looking for a job. The one with all these kids with different baby daddies, kids bad as fuck and always hungry and tearing up folks shit. The one who's trying to become a rapper and invites his girlfriend and her kids and all his boys to the family gathering. The college student with the large vocabulary, super smart, socially awkward, and everybody's excited to see if they make it. And finally, the dopehead. You got to keep both eyes on him and make sure he stays out of grandma's bedroom. Fuck around and can't find her purse or any of her jewelry. Now, it's possible that one individual can wear more than one hat. Just depends on the size of the family. But no matter how fucked up they may be, they're still family and they always make for one hell of a reunion. We used to meet at nannies every year for a three-day get-together, but the bigger the family got, the more room we needed, so we started renting a building at the park and doing one full day on Sunday. By the time it's over, everybody is sick of each other anyway. I'm on the grill, flexing my skills. Near me are about half a dozen uncles and male cousins. The females in the family fade in and out as they drop off and pick up food. You know her, Renzo? I know you do. She worked down at the post office for a while. Willie Earl, my drunk-ass uncle, is trying to tell me about some female I should take out. Now, he can't stay sober enough to find a woman of his own, but he wants to hook me up. She got a big old ass. Ken Leota and Ray now. Leota? Fuck I say that for? You know Leota. Fanny's oldest girl. 
used to live over on 13th in that red house next to Charles, and he turns to Silas, my cool-ass pimp uncle. Willie Earl is snapping his fingers as he tries to think of the name. What's Charles' wife's name? The red bone with the pretty hair. The one you used to fuck. Silas frowns and scratches his chin. I imagine it must be hard for him to remember all the women he slept with. I grin at the expression on his face. Oh, you talking about Daisy, Doris, Delilah? Yeah, 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 Delilah. That's her. Willie Earl turns back to me. The other name used to live next to Delilah and her husband, Charles. He stops to take a sip from his bottle and points to one of my younger cousins, whose name he doesn't know. You, pass me another one out that cooler. Peanut opens the cooler and looks inside, using his hand to move some ice around. What kind, huh? Shit, it don't matter. They all taste like a turd. Peanut passes him a Budweiser. He pops the top and takes a long drink. Anyway, Leota and them baby girl will be a good one for you, Renzo. She got a job and her own place. I heard she trying to go back to school, too. Nah, I ain't ready for that bond chain. It's too much ass to pass. My cousin Colton laughs as we dap each other up. Albert, my preacher, shakes his head. A man that findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtains favor with the Lord. Well, I ain't looking for a wife. I looketh for a good time. Most of the men around are chuckling. The majority of them have been my age and they know exactly what I mean. Your good time will surely run out. Mark my words. One of these days, Renzo, you are going to be struck down like Saul who became Paul. Blinded by a love so bright, you won't know what hit you. I'll pray for you. No, don't you pray that prayer. I'm serious. Look at him, Albert. You got the boy scared. Willie Earl is really enjoying this. You ain't scared, is your friends? Skillet asks. He's not blood family, but he lived a few houses down from us and we grew up together. Damn right I'm scared. That's a curse. What do I want with a woman other than a little push and pull? Some children, a home, a future, Albert preaches. Some head, some ass, a fat cat. Silas brings us to our knees. Albert's face puckers up like he just ate a lemon. You are the last one who should be encouraging this behavior. You got five ex-wives and we'll never meet all your children. Oh, shit. One thing about me, I'ma claim all my kids. You tell your wife about Letty yet? Damn. Family reunion secrets revealed. Who is Letty? Marine, my sanctified aunt, joins us with the tray of raw hamburger patties. The chunks of onions and bell peppers are hanging out and they're seasoned sprinkled on top. I told you, those sanctified aunts in turn flips in the kitchen. Nobody. Albert grumbles and Marine cuts her eyes. Here you go, baby. She passes the pan and I raise the lid on the grill and add them. You got any room on there for some brats? Foe's about to start up the fish fry. Willie Earl groans out loud. Yes. Yes, ma'am, I answer. Florence, or Flo, is my cool-ass auntie. She's wild as hell. I'll get one of the girls to bring some out. As soon as Maureen leaves, Colton stands up and adjusts his super sagging jeans. Well, I'm about to go set up the domino table. Who's trying to get that ass spanked in some bones? Shit, I'm with it, bruh. Skillet joins him, and they head off toward the building patio where a spades game is already in progress. I see Nanny seated with Miss Eula May and Miss Pearl near the door. She's all smiles and laughter with all of her kids home. Only Sonny Boy, my hardworking uncle, is running late. 
He had a job to do first and will be here later this evening by the time we are ready to eat. His wife, Hazel, is seated next to Nanny, making sure that she doesn't want for anything. It's the only place she's allowed. The sisters, how I refer to my aunts collectively, don't want her in the kitchen. Every time she tries to help, they shoo her away. It's too damn hot. That's one thing I don't miss about living down south. This damn hundred degree weather. My aunt, Ruthaniel, comes and sits next to Silas. She's the baby of the family and moved to New York right after high school. After a couple of resets, she has finally settled in Los Angeles where she's pursuing her acting and modeling career. She's the sedity one. All things expensive and designer. All these fucking bugs. Ugh. She uses a handheld battery-operated fan to blow a fly away. She's dressed in a pair of designer shorts, the family t-shirt that she ripped up to give some style, large sunglasses, and high heels. Her long braids are piled up on top of her head in the front and flowing down her back. She's carrying around a huge Michael Kors purse that she hasn't put down. This year, she flew in with her new man, Roger. He's a little younger than her, which makes him about my age and has the look of a hustler. I've been watching his ass close since they arrived. I don't like them staying with Nanny, but Maureen is staying there too, and I know she's keeping an eye on things. I hate to have to fuck Roger up. As if conjuring the devil, he saunters up and stands behind Ruth Daniel, placing a large hand with rings on every finger on her shoulder. He's also dressed down in brand name clothes. Shit, I'd be hot too if I was carrying 20 pounds of hair on my damn head. Willie Earl takes a drink from his beer. Rothaniel shoots Willie Earl a nasty look and tosses her hair over her shoulder. Don't start with me, Willie Earl. Well, stop bitching, Rothaniel. I told you, don't call me that. Why, that's your name. I go by Misty. Your name is Rothaniel Abilene Madison, and that's just what the fuck I'm gonna call you. Listen here, little sister. You can move off to the big city and play pretend with them motherfuckers, but here at home, we know who you are. Willie Earl gets to his feet. Nigga, I'm not calling you no damn Misty. Ruth Daniel waits until Willie Earl has staggered off to mumble. Fuck him. How's the acting coming, big city? Silas is looking at his phone, probably scrolling through his contacts looking for a bed for the night. His suitcase might be at Nanny's, but his ass won't. Roger picks up Willie Earl's vacated seat and moves it next to Ruth Daniel and sits down as she tells us about her latest auditions. It all sounds like a bunch of lies, but who am I to call her out? So, basically, you're not working. Albert waits until she finishes and raises an unimpressed eyebrow. Nathaniel smiles tightly, trying to keep her facade in place. Not right now. He's not done with her yet. Uh Uh-huh. Well, it don't look like you're missing any meals, so how you making money? The Bible says a man that don't work, don't eat. Missy don't have to work. She got a man to take care of her. Roger pipes up. There's some extra bass in his voice. This nigga must not have looked around. He's at a Madison reunion, surrounded by Madisons. I got some little female cousins here that will drag his ass around the block and dispose of the body. He better be careful. Silas looks over the top of his sunglasses. Is that right? And what kind of work you do? Family is funny. We can fight and argue with each other all day, but outsiders aren't allowed to participate. Roger's new around here, but he's about to learn that these Madisons don't play when it comes to each other. Roger rubs his hands over his mouth and gives a big gold tooth grin. I do a little this and a little of that. Albert and Silas exchange a sarcastic look. 
Yeah, sounds to me like you a hustler or worse, a pimp. Silas is a cool uncle, but he's also the one with the worst temper. You ain't try to hold my baby sister, are you? Silas! Ruthaniel knows her brothers, and I'm sure she sees her nephew sitting up straighter and looking at Roger differently. She doesn't have any children of her own, but there's not a man gathered around this grill that wouldn't go to war for her. Shit, I'm just asking the nigga a question since he jumped in the conversation. I own my business. Doing what? Albert ain't letting go. He owns some parking lots. She's lying. I see it in her eyes and the way he looks at her after the answer. But guess what? I'm staying out of it. Ruthaniel jumps up. Come on, let's go sit with mama. She holds her hand to Roger and he takes it. That nigga don't even own the clothes on his back, Silas says loudly as they walk away. Roger glances over his shoulder, but Ruthaniel jerks his arm to keep him moving. Nah, he owned him, but he probably stole that shit. Peanut cracks and there's a roar of laughter. I thought we was about to have to bust that nigga's dome. For sure. Silas' oldest son, Cedric, agrees. Man, he don't know about these Madisons. This t-shirt is a gang flag. Episode 28. I'm sitting at my desk with my feet kicked up reading the newspaper when Mitch comes in. He has a weird look on his face. Business has been slow, which is a good thing for a detective, and I have a feeling whatever he's about to tell me is going to require me to get up from the comfortable position I've taken. What's up? I don't even wait for him to speak. Somebody's down at the jail asking for you. Fuck. Is there another CI? Look, man. We need to go through the list and weed some of these motherfuckers out. I sit up and toss a paper on my desk. Shit, they running here with less and less information and steady more money. Did I tell you Darren came by last week for $100? Shit, I don't know when's the last time he brought us a fish. He says his name is Leonardo Valentino. For a minute, I just sit there staring at Mitchell. I have never met my father, so this Leonardo Valentino must be another one. So, why is he asking for me? Who? He said he's your father and he wants to talk to you. Mitchell drops his eyes, stuffs both hands in the pockets of his dress pants, and shuffles his feet. Is that supposed to be funny? Mitchell's head snaps up. Listen, I went down and I checked the shit out myself to make sure before I came up here. He's legit. It's him. I shake my head in disbelief. There's more. Oh hell. What? He's in lockup. Lockup? I thought he was just down there looking for me and wanting to visit. No. This motherfucker has been arrested. But what? Mitchell takes a deep breath and lets it out in a big whoosh. Murder. Murder? My chair makes a loud noise as it hits the floor when I sit up. Murder? Yeah. He's being accused of murdering a woman. His girlfriend. Man, fuck him. I'm not going down there to see that motherfucker. I snatch up my paper and kick my feet back up, balancing my chair on two legs again. Valentino. Don't start with me, Mitchell. I read the report. He just keeps talking like I didn't invite him to shut the fuck up. Thompson and Green are working the case, and it's got holes. I give him a mean-ass look. That's not my problem, or yours. I see right away he's not going to let this go. Mitchell knocks my feet off the desk and props his ass in their place. Look, 
I know you don't give a fuck about him. I wouldn't either, but you should at least read the report. Fuck him, fuck that report, and fuck you if you don't let this shit go. Valentino! Schultz bellows from his office door. It's another one of his fake-ass boss antics. I'll be there when I get there, and after the bomb Mitchell just dropped on me, I really don't feel like dealing with any bullshit. I beat on the door, push it open, and walk in. Schultz in the middle of a fucking nose pit. I stand there and stare at him. This nasty-ass motherfucker. You want to see me? What's up? I don't sit. Reverse tactics. I stare down at his ass. I got a call from Holding. From Holding. They said they brought in your father. Your, um, father? That's what I heard. I don't give him shit. Just a blank-ass stare. He'll have to work harder if he wants to get under my skin. You going down to see him? Why? He's thrown off. He probably knows that I don't like him. Hell, he probably doesn't like me either. But I've always kept it professional. My tone is borderline disrespectful, and this pussy-ass motherfucker don't know what to do with that. I just wanted to make sure you were good. Find out if there's anything the department can do for you and your family. Oh, so because he didn't get the opening to dig into my fucking business the way he wanted, now he wants to be Mr. Super Concerned. Nah, fuck that. My family's good. I don't know anything about the man down in those cells, and I don't want to. Anything else? Schultz shakes his head. No, no, that's it. Good. I slam the door a little too hard when I leave, but I need him to understand that the subject is closed. For good. Now, let me clear this shit up with Mitchell. Heyo. I stand near his desk. I don't want to hear or know anything about that motherfucker or his case. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Episode 30. I get a call that a black male has been shot and killed during a domestic dispute. I hate being on call. I may as well be at work if I'm going to have to sit around waiting on something to pop off. Mitchell lives closer to the address of the disturbance than I do, so he'll make it there first. When I arrive at the residence, there are emergency vehicles everywhere. I speak to a few of the fellows I know and proceed up the stairs to the front porch. On the living room floor near the door is the body of our victim. The coroner's office is in the middle of processing the body and they pause their photographs to let me get a closer look. He suffered multiple gunshot wounds to the head and chest, which is consistent with the report I received. I'll do a more in-depth study in a minute. First, I want to talk to the shooter and the witnesses, a pair of sisters. I turn to face them where they are seated on the sofa a few feet away and come up short. Beautiful. 
It takes every ounce of self-control I possess not to rush across the room and snatch her to me. As if she can sense me, she raises her head and her eyes connect. She turns away. My blood boils when I see her injuries. My eyes roam over her, looking for untold damages. What did he do to her? Was he an ex-boyfriend? Is this why she cut me off? For him? I glance down at my phone and quickly scan the email from dispatch with his criminal history. I can't see beautiful having anything to do with a man like this, but stranger shit has happened. Corinne's sister, Kalani Little, is seated next to her and glowering at me. My information says she's my shooter, and from the deadly sneer she's giving me, I'm not surprised. The man in me can't help but appreciate how fine she is. Even with the burns on one side of her face, she is easily the type I will fuck for a few months before moving on. But the cop in me sees something different in her eyes. I deal with criminals every day, and I know from a glance that this female is dangerous. Who are you? Kalani finally speaks, and her tone is as lethal as her stare. I tell her who I am. Unable to resist the temptation any longer, I sit next to Corinne. Are you okay? She looks like she's been through hell. She nods, but her hands are trembling, so I take them in mine. No doubt Mitchell sees something between me and Corinne because he suggests we move into the other room. In the dining room, we all sit at the table, away from prying eyes, I don't hesitate. Tell me what happened, beautiful. Corinne looks up at me and her eyes fill with tears. It's like a knife slicing through my spirit. I stand and pull her into my arms right where she should be. Holding her tightly as I rub her back, I place a soft kiss on her neck. I want to tell her that I'm here now and that I won't let anyone else hurt her, but she pulls away and sits back down with a heavy sigh. You know this nigga, sis? Kalani asks, and Corinne nods. How? Of course, she doesn't trust cops. It just goes to prove my earlier observation about her. When Corinne doesn't answer, I tell her that we met and went out once. That's all I'm giving her. If her sister doesn't tell her anything about me, then it wasn't as memorable for her as it was for me. That pricked a little, but we need to get down to business. Shifting to cop mode from abandoned lover, I gather all the information I need from Corinne and Kalani. It's evident before they finish their tale that this is an open and shut case of self-defense. Rashawn Ford, who was recently released from prison, came to Corinne's in search of her sister, his ex-girlfriend. When Corinne declined to give him her whereabouts, he attacked Corinne and a fight ensued. Kalani arrived sometime during the altercation and shot him, killing him. I should probably tell Schultz bitch ass that I have a history with Corinne and ask to be removed from the case, but I think instead I'll just have a second team come in and assess the situation before I file my report. If anything comes up later, I'll have other detectives outside of Mitchell who support my findings. When I deliver the news to Corinne, the relief that comes over her is unmistakable. But before I have a chance to study her further, there's a commotion outside the door. Kalani shocks me by running across the room. She pushes Mitchell out of the way, snatches the door open, and jumps into the arms of the man standing there. He holds her protectively as his cold eyes sweep the entire room in a few seconds. I sit back and watch as the two embrace and he takes a seat still holding his girl in his lap. They kiss and whisper before he glares at me. Hey, sis, you good? He wants to know. Corinne says something to him that I miss. Yeah, Corinne's voice still has a tremble to it. I know Youngin ain't trying to punk me. I'll redecorate this motherfucking dining room with his dome and won't break a sweat. I cock my head to the side and Mitchell clears his throat. 
think we're finished here, right, Valentino? I look into Corinne's eyes, searching for some kind of sign that she's open to me, and again, she looks away. That shit pisses me off. I let go of her hands and get to my feet. Yeah, I answer, and to Corinne I say, you shouldn't stay here tonight, and you shouldn't be alone. I just need to make that clear before I leave. Old boy pops off. We'll take care of her. I cut my eyes at Mitchell, who shakes his head, warning me not to make this into something else. Maybe what she needs is a police officer stationed with her. The boyfriend and I both stare at Kalani in surprise. Police protection? For what? Shit, Kalani killed the perpetrator. Then it dawns on me. She's playing matchmaker. Corinne rolls her eyes heavenward and I almost laugh. Instead, I say, we can arrange that. We'll put your sister up in a hotel room for the night. I offer to contact her with the details after I get Corinne checked in. I want to be hard, say fuck it and go home, leave her with her family and let them take care of her, but I can't. I care about this woman. I don't know a lot about her, but I know that. After the victim's body has been removed and all the evidence collected, Beautiful takes a quick shower and packs a small bag before we secure the house. She reluctantly agrees to let me give her a ride to a hotel for the night. Her sister was right. She's not in any shape to stay alone. Her hands are still shaking, and I know she's going to be in pain in the morning. Her refusal to go to the emergency room and get checked out concerns me. She could have a concussion, but no matter how hard I try to explain it to her, she refuses to go. Her injuries look bad, and I try not to concentrate on that. Because if I continue to think about what that motherfucker did to her... If I think about him knocking her around and holding her down and making disgusting comments about her weight, I won't be able to stay calm. I really want to break some shit. Fuck, break somebody. What kind of lowlife motherfucker treats a woman like that? I've seen so much since I became a cop, and nothing has stung me as much as the look of devastation on her face when I entered the house. I want to assure her that there's nothing wrong with her weight, because I saw her expression when she told us what he said. Not only does she believe him, she agrees with him. And that shit pisses me off even more. I'm trained to see things that other people don't. And when I realized his words hurt worse than his hands, I wanted to yell and beat my chest. Doesn't she know she's perfect? But it makes sense, right? That's why she covered herself up the night we spent together. She was hiding from me. Not because she was shy, but because she really does have a self-esteem problem. She's just good at hiding it. Leaving her house, I had straight for my own. She's extra quiet, looking out the passenger window in a daze. I leave her to her thoughts, only reaching over to grab her hand when I hear her sniffling. She's in shock. It's understandable. As much as I want to assure her that she's okay and that I'll keep her safe, I leave her in peace. I'll show her. I don't need to tell her. When we pull up at my home and I open the garage, she frowns at me. I thought you were taking me to a hotel. I am, but I need to grab a few things first. Grab a few things. Why? I'm not leaving you alone tonight, beautiful. I don't need a babysitter, Lorenzo. I speak slowly and calmly, trying not to upset her any more than she already is. I know you don't, but I promise your sister that I would look after you and the way her man was grilling me, I need to follow through on that. I'm relieved when I see her lips quirk in a small smile. I don't know how comfortable you would be staying here, but you're welcome to. I have a spare bedroom. Even if I'll never let you sleep in it alone. If not, we can go to a hotel. The choice is yours. She doesn't hesitate to answer. A hotel will be fine. Okay, 
She's still not sure about me. Cool, I get it. Nothing worth having ever comes easy. Come inside and let me pack a bag. I get out of the car and she follows me into the house through the kitchen. I pretend not to notice, but I see her looking around curiously. Can I use your bathroom? Sure. I point out the bathroom. You can look around if you want. Give yourself the grand tour. I'll be upstairs packing a bag. Come find me when you're done. That, fellas, is how you let a woman know you trust her. I'm not following her around pointing out shit and trying to make sure she doesn't open the wrong door or drawer. Nah, I'm letting her peruse my place to her liking. And when she's done, I'll be upstairs in the shower with the bathroom door wide open, waiting, hoping, praying. 30 minutes later, I exit the bathroom wrapped in a towel and find Beautiful asleep in the recliner in my bedroom. I take a moment to study her uninterrupted. This is your wife. The thought almost brings me to my knees as the air rushes out of me. I'm momentarily stunned, unable to move, frozen in shock, all fucked up. Cool. My follow-up feelings are just as astounding. I don't know if I'm ready for all that. Hell, what man is? And I know what I fucking said. I don't need anyone to remind me, but there's something about this woman that calls to the deepest recesses of my soul. Something that makes me want to love, cherish, and protect her. I accept that she's mine. Now, I just have to convince her that I'm hers. I pull back the covers on my bed before kneeling down and removing beautiful shoes. She changed from her going out clothes to a pair of Jordans, some yoga pants, and an oversized t-shirt before we left her house. Yeah, I knew the moment I saw her that she had been out on a date. She was wearing a cute little outfit and a face full of makeup. I'm also convinced that whoever he was, she didn't bless him the way she did me. Don't ask me how I know, I just do. Running my hands up her thick thighs, I give them a squeeze. Beautiful. She doesn't answer and I have to call her name again. Huh? She squints at me and grabs her sore nose. Again, I'm consumed with the need to send every family member of the body we removed from her house to join him. What? She looks around confused. You fell asleep. Standing, I grab her hands and pull her up, allowing her to rest against me. Come to bed. Kissing her cheeks softly, I lead her the few steps to the bed and ease her down. Wait. Her head comes up and she's wide awake now, giving me that hard scowl. It's cute. It's okay. I lift her feet up and tuck the covers around her before turning off the lamp, leaving us in total darkness. Lorenzo. I'm right here. Before she has time to object, I whip off the towel and climb into bed with her. Spooning up behind her, I wrap my arms around her and give her a gentle squeeze. Get some sleep. I got you. It takes a few minutes before I feel her body relax and slip into a deep sleep. Meanwhile, I lie there for hours as my mind runs over all the possibilities of sharing a future with her. Episode 32 I tried to keep beautiful with me as long as I could, but she wasn't having it. And since this is all new, I didn't want to push her. No man wants pity pussy. Don't get me wrong, we might not want it, but we'll damn sure take it. I only stuck around long enough to check out her spot and help her clean some while we waited for her sister to arrive. She showed up with her man in tow and he was still on that bullshit, trying to eyeball me down. He's protective of my lady, so I give him a pass. I know if he will treat me that way, then he's doing the same thing with the rest of the niggas that are trying to get at her. 
who I can't figure out is the sister. I'm sure I saw a gun print beneath her t-shirt. I pick up the phone and call Mitchell. What's up, partner? I didn't expect to hear from you for a couple days, he laughs. You rolled out of it already? Man, fuck you. Nothing happened. There's a long pause. Quit playing. As much as you talked about her, you mean to tell me you ain't hit? Nah, man, it wasn't even like that. Beautiful had a lot on her mind. That body was messing with her, you know? Damn, I understand. So, what's up? What you about to do? Shit, wash the whip and make a couple blocks. Maybe hit the gym. Fuck you doing, rocking babies. I'm surprised Keisha let you have your phone. Mitchell lets out a long, fake laugh. Oh, this motherfucker got jokes. Right, right. Man, why you always gotta make it sound like all I do at home is hold kids and run around for Keisha? Cause that's what that ass does. Man, fuck you. So, what you doing? I'm holding the baby. Keisha's out shopping with her sisters. I fall out laughing. Well, before you have to change a diaper or burp somebody, tell me what you know about the sister. Come on, man. Mitchell exclaims loudly. I know good and damn well you ain't trying to hit the sister. Did you see how her old man was looking at us last night? Hell no. I'm not trying to fuck with her. I just want to know what's up with her. She was kind of extra. I mean, she bodied that motherfucker, and the next thing I know, she's trying to play matchmaker. Like the shit wasn't even that big of a deal. Aw, snap. You don't remember her, huh? Should I? Hell yeah. The whole force knows her. She's the one that got Barnes canned over. Get the fuck out of here. It all starts coming back to me. Jacheri Little. Correct. You know they still ain't found that motherfucker. Shit. He's somewhere chilling on the beach sipping a drink surrounded by hoes. You blame him? If they didn't get his ass for raping her, trust me, that damn illegal shit he was doing gonna cost him some years. Damn right. So, no wonder she shot the shit out of Ford. Complain no stranger to her. Nope. And especially with the history she had with him. He turned her out when she was a teenager. Shit, him going up on that murder charge probably saved her life. Damn, that's fucked up. Any grown-ass man I hear playing with little girls need to have his skull twisted back. You damn right. All this free pussy, sick motherfucker. I'm glad she shot his ass. One last piece of shit for the world to flush. I hear a baby start crying in the back, and I already know what's next. Mitchell exhales loudly. I gotta go. Shit, I know. Daddy duties. You would only be so lucky, motherfucker. He hangs up in my face and I laugh as I pull into the car wash. A few minutes later, a truck pulls up in front of me as I'm scrubbing my grill. Cherry's man hops out and heads my way. What's up? I glance his way and continue with my task. This damn machine only lasts so long and I'm not about to waste time on it talking to his ass. You need something? We could skip all that friendly shit. I might play nice when Beautiful is around because I don't want to offend her with my fucked up attitude, but this nigga found me, so he must want something, right? Right. So, so let's have that shit so he can roll the fuck on. What you want with Corey? My head jerks around and I give him a long, fucked up look. Who the hell does this little nigga think he is to question a grown man about grown man business? Looks like I'm going to have to dig out some more quarters after all. Dropping the scrub brush into the bucket full of soapy water, I fling suds from my hands as I raise to my full height. 
and just what the fuck does that have to do with you? This nigga ain't about to treat me to a fucking what are your intentions with my daughter conversation. Beautiful is divorced with two kids. If he wanted to talk to a man, he should have been using his breath on that motherfucker that hurt her, not me. Corey's family, and she's been through a lot. If you ain't on some, man, if you don't get the fuck about my face with that kid shit, Corinne is a grown-ass woman. She does not need you warning me about her for her. I don't give a fuck about cops. Oh, he's mad now. I'm sure they don't give a fuck about you either. He wasn't expecting that. I can tell I'm getting under his skin. So that's a weakness for him. Authority. Huh. Good to know. Get in your truck and keep going. If Corinne needs you, she'll call you. And if you have it in your head to try to protect her, you might want to start with getting her a weapon since she got beat up by a man last night and your girl had to ride in and save the day. Where were you? I raise an eyebrow, throw my head back and laugh. Man, get the fuck up out of here. He looks like he wants to swing on me. Shit, we can do that too. After the way Beautiful's face look, all I need to do is think about that and they'll need to build another car wash right here. We'll move all these bricks around. The last thing she needs is some pretty boy fuck toy playing with her. Leave her alone and go find something else. What that nigga just called me? Okay, I'm not laughing now. Stay away from her. This motherfucker turns his back to me and walks away. Is that my welcome to the family? Damn, I expected a beer. I bend a few corners until about dusk and grab some food before heading home. When I get there, Kalani's old man is parked in my driveway blocking the garage. What the fuck? I jump out the car and head to the driver's door, but he's not inside. Hey, I call headed back to my car. I'm right here, nigga. He steps out of the dark and heads my way. What's that fuck shit you was crying earlier? We meet up halfway like two rams, the force jarring both of us. He flips me over on my back and starts raining down punches, but not for long. I bust his ass in the kidneys a few times and he rolls off me. Nigga, you must be crazy. I get to my feet, wipe sweat from my forehead and kick his ass in the ribs. He flips over and bounces back on his feet, breaking me down with the gut punch that almost makes me piss myself. So I try to cave in this motherfucking chest. Bitch ass nigga. He yells, bringing his elbow down on top of my head after throat punching me. I roundhouse that little nigga into the side of my car. Get off my goddamn car. I snatch him off and he slams the bottom of his hand under my chin. I fall back dazed. When he goes to jump on me, I roll to the side and he misses. I'm on his ass, punching him in his spine. I put this nigga in a hover round. I don't give a fuck. For the next half hour, we knuckle up and trade jabs like boxers crouch down and wrestle around, take turns flipping each other. After he gets in a few, I get in a few. We lie on our backs in the front yard, winded. We're too evenly matched. This shit could go on all night. Motherfucker. I get to my feet, still breathing heavily. My damn back hurts like a son of a bitch, but that little nigga couldn't touch his face like he wanted to. Shit, I learned early how to dodge those face shots. He looks up at me mad as hell. He's thinking the same thing I am. What? You want to go again? I offer. It's completely dark now. He gets to his feet slowly, favoring his ribs. Son of a slut, you try to crack my fucking ribs. Shit, you try to break my goddamn back. I take inventory of my pains. Fuck you doing here anyway? Didn't I tell you at the car wash the fuck off? Nigga, you lucky I didn't park five blocks away and rock your motherfucking dome as soon as you stepped out the car. I came to you on some real shit. If you fucking with Corey, you need to be straight fuck you care for 
Cuz, you don't know Cherry, he shouts angrily. You fuck over her sister? I don't get no pussy. So this is my business. He's serious. What, you don't have any females in your family? What he asked that for? Yeah, man. I can't even fake it. Well, so do I. Corey. All right, man, I hear you. I can't be mad at the little nigga for watching over a female. Y'all already know where I stand on that. Come on in the house and have a beer, man. I snatched my food out of the car. It's the least I can do after I kicked your ass. Ha, Nick, you wish. Are you still up? Girl, good night. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.